You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of My First Show. We are here with a mother-daughter duo who I am so excited to talk to for several reasons, one of them being I get to see this actress come alive and come into her own every night when we were running on Broadway, and I get to be the producer of her very first Broadway musical and her very first Tony Award nomination. Her name is Celia Rose Gooding. Say hello. <laughs> hi, my, hi, hi, hi. My darling, my friend. And her mom is someone who I don't actually think she knows. I uh, became obsessed with in 1992, maybe 93, when I first heard the cast album of her, I think, her first Broadway musical, Once on this Island. Yes, it was my first lead. <laughs> first lead. And yeah, that is, is the effervescent Lashans. Hello, Lashans. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. You know, we um we use this this podcast to do a lot of things, to talk about theater, to talk about the theater we're missing, but to also be nostalgic about our upbringing and, and what made us who we are and, and how we experienced musical theater as a kid and then as an adult. And I think it's kind of remarkable that I'm talking to a mother-daughter acting duo who are living in the same house together right now due to our yep. pandemic yep. wonderfulness. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everything about your history and your upbringing and your now are kind of meshing as one. So I just need to ask mom and daughter as roomies, how's it all going? (laughs) Um, I'd say it's going pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I am lucky enough to have been living with my mom pretty much my entire life when I wasn't in school or at camp. I've been roommates since since, <laughs> since since birth since the beginning mm-hmm. um and so we've always gotten along we've always um yeah we've always been really good at living with each other so I think right now I'm glad to be living with someone that I know I'm compatible living with and instead of freshly moving in with a roommate and trying to figure that out especially right now 
Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's actually been quite nice. I was expecting to be an empty nester this year <laughs> because, because my youngest is off in college and Celia was planning after Jagged got settled, she was planning on getting her own apartment and moving into the city. She already had her roommate and everything and COVID happened and she's my roommate. So it's actually been quite nice to have someone here being that we are quarantined, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I can't, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be an empty nester and be able to go out and see your friends. It's another thing to be stuck in the house. So yeah. is, I'm happy that she's around. Is there, is like someone on dinner duty and the other is on cleanup? Like what, like what are, the, <laughs> what are the roommate? Who's the Oscar Madison? Who's the Felix Unger? Like, how does it all actually go? Uh, I take the dishes out of the dishwasher. She puts them in. <laughs> that's, that's sort of how we've, we've split it up and it's been working pretty well. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, um, I do most of the cooking, I would say. Yes, you do. I, I'm still mom. You so I still do most of the, the cooking. Um, but you know, we, we kind of split things up, you know, we're, we're not like, Hey, this is your job. This is my job. If there's something that needs to happen and I'm not around, typically Celia will do it. Mm-hmm. If there's something that needs to happen and she's not around, I'll do. So we kind of, she's she's an ideal roommate because she will she sees things that need to be done and she'll do them without me asking. So that keeps me from being mom, you know, which I really like because I don't want to be mom all the time. I really don't. I'd rather just you know be her roommate, and so it works for that reason sometimes. So it's 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 been fortunately we've not had any incidents with regard to uh, being stuck in the house together. Mm-hmm. Not yet anyway. Yeah, listen, <laughs> looking the way we're looking. Yeah, it's not over yet. <laughs> Something's going to happen. <laughs> no plates have been flung across the, the kitchen at the other. Listen, <laughs> Eva, if I don't show up to the first rehearsal, you know what happened. <laughs> clean that cat litter. Uh, cat exactly. litter, that's the job I don't do. Exactly. That's her job. Mm-hmm. And, and how has... I mean, because you you mentioned it, like like time was going by in a certain way. Celia was on Broadway; she was about to move in to her own apartment. You you were you Lashans were about to be an empty nester. All of that stopped. This devastating pandemic hit not only our country and our city, but our industry in a profound and and horrific way. And now we are beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel. How have you coped and sort of dealt with the ups and downs of this, of these 10 months and, and what, and what, what's your outlook for what's to come? You know, there've been uh, waves through this whole period that I'm sure most people have experienced. Initially we were like, woohoo, two weeks. We don't have anything to do because initially it was two weeks. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking this would be great. We get get stuck in the house together. I get to clean closets and eat great food and cook all day and do those kinds of catch up on binge watching TV shows, catch up on reading. And then we did that. And um, (laughs) we did (laughs) that. And then it was like, okay, now what? And then, you know, George Floyd happened and that really just... um, just through through us and sort of like this this moment of, of deep emotional uh, concern and fear and and it just it just really ripped through our our family and our community in a profound way, yeah. which then ignited us to um, become very at uh, become ad- advocates for racial justice and equality. So 
one of the things that me and a few of my friends did based on a tweet that I put out about um, my industry not 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 feeling the support of um, so many uh, different areas of our industry. I just put out a little simple tweet about, you know, I wish my I could hear more from our community, mm-hmm. um, the theater community. And that tweet sort of went viral. And then um, got a call from Audrey McDonald, and she was in full agreement with me, and Black Theater United came out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so um, that sort of like took it took a lot of my focus during yeah. the summer, and it still does. We're, we're very active with our 19 founding members, and we've been very active with things that we've done as an organization, yeah. but it was, it was a way to, it was some place to put all of the angst and, and, and energy that, um, I didn't have anywhere else to put because of work. So it was good in that regard. And, and then the zooms started happening. So mm-hmm. we started zooming like crazy mm-hmm. with everyone and doing all kinds of virtual concerts and songs and, and interviews and different mm-hmm. things. And so that kept us busy. But then it's but now I feel now that the elections happened and we've gotten through all of that, we have a new president, you know, everyone is starting to feel uh what what does Fauci call it? Uh fatigue. He yeah. calls it yeah. yeah, he calls it quarantine fatigue or something like that. And I'm starting to feel that for sure. I'm ready to get out of this house um <laughs> and see my friends and have a little bit more of a life. Um so it, it was. It's been ups and downs. I'll say that's what it's been for me. It's been ups and downs. Yeah. How about you, Sal? Um, I would agree. I would say that there have been a lot of ups and downs. I feel. Um, I feel a little. I wouldn't say displaced, but just it, it's it's interesting. My circumstances. I started working with the show when I was really really young. And that was sort of like the thing I was looking forward to for years. And then it, the show came to Broadway and I was getting ready to give the next 52 weeks of my life <laughs> to that and, and worry about the future when it happened. Um, and then the pandemic hit and um, I felt really displaced. I was really, really confused and just candidly speaking, mentally, it was just, it, it was a weird, weird time and a really um, difficult headspace to navigate. But um, yeah, I, we did the Zooms, we did the galas, we did the the concerts, we did all of that. And we're still doing those, but I feel like they've slowed down a little bit just because everyone's getting a little um, settled into this uh, different normal. Um and yeah, I've been coping. I've been getting through. Some days are tougher than others. And I feel like something that I've been really focusing on is allowing myself to make space for the good days and also make space for the bad days because I'm young and jagged means a lot to me and this show means a lot to me. And not being able to do it, of course, has a, a, a toll on my happiness. But um, it's it's... It, it would uh, that's normal, and I'm allowing myself to uh, realize that it's normal to be a little heartbroken right now. And judging myself for being heartbroken isn't helpful. It just I gotta pick myself up and and get ready for the next thing, and get ready for the next gala, and and prep myself for rehearsal for the next project, and just uh, keep myself busy and flexing those creative muscles so that when everything comes back, I'll, I'll, it'll be a a more seamless transition of, it'll be a seamless transition of power. 
when you got involved in Jagged, you were 16. Is that right? The first reading? Uh, yeah, I think in... The first uh, reading, she was 16, yeah. 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 I, 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 I was either 16 or I just turned 17 because I remember March 2017 was like. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was your day of rehearsal with that picture of you with the wings. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was. Yeah, she had just turned 17. Just turned 17. So, and, you know, it's been a while since I've been 17. But one of the things <laughs> I remember from high school and college years is that time seemed to go slow, so slow that when some when time was interrupted, when something was either... I was told that something couldn't happen for X amount of months or it wasn't going to happen on the timeline. I thought it felt like forever. And mm-hmm. I, and I remember a, a, a boss for a new job who said, you know, well, we're going to talk in six months and, and that's when you can start. And I know for you, that feels like a year from now or years from now. Well, for me, that's tomorrow it was really good advice because it, you know, you're right. Like, not that I'm here to give you advice on this podcast, but, but I, I totally get it that when your life is disrupted and, and you're a younger person just beginning all of these journeys, it feels like forever. I worry sometimes about our children, um, about the general, the Soyuz generation, um, and even those actors that were working in theater whose jobs just stopped, not only your show, but there are a lot of, um, like Sally is fortunate. She gets to come back home. You know, yeah. she gets to go back to her room and be back in her home, her, her childhood home that she lived in forever. So she hadn't started paying her bills yet or, you know, she hadn't started that, that part of her life. I, I work. She pays. <laughs> she pays. She pays her bill. My bill. Singular. My, my one bill. Her That's one bill. She and pays my her bill. Insurance. Okay, sorry. Health insurance. That's right. You're in the union, so she pays that too. <laughs> it's so funny getting mail from now from the union, and it, and her name is on it. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, but I, I worry about those other yeah. kids, you know, that are in these shows that are now. So many have had to pick up and leave New York. So many have had to move back into their families' homes. We're talking about adults, you know, that have been on their own and living in the city. They've had to close up their apartments and go back and yeah. figure out alternate ways of living. And and that's, you know, that you're right. The PSTD, PTSD from this experience is going to is going to have lasting effects. So um, I, I I have empathy and concern for so many of those in our industry coming back and 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 thriving again. I absolutely agree. I think there is a long-term effect that we're not realizing in this moment about the mental health of our colleagues and you know your colleagues especially because I truly believe it's the actors and the young actors and the early career actors that are going to have the hardest time recovering from this. And I'm so glad you two have each other. Felix and Oscar, <laughs> Bert and Ernie, whatever the combo is that you two are, it's, uh, it's really breathtaking. Well, being back at home and and ha- and you know having this downtime has it gotten given you a chance to relive the early days of of your inspirations, musical theater inspirations. That is, I mean. Yes. Well, yes. And I feel like I have taken this time to really fall deeper in love with musical theater, but I also feel like I've 
taking this time to sort of explore who I am outside of musical theater. Mm. Again, I've been, I'm very new, very new, very new at this. Um, and so when I was young and I started work working really young professionally, that became my entire personality. Like I was known around school as the girl who's going to be on Broadway in a few years. <laughs> and that was just like me. That was all I was. And now that I am that girl still very much. Um, I'm also navigating like what else brings me joy and what else I can um, really fall into that is just on my own accord and not really at the, not, not in the hands of anyone else. That's something that can't stop me uh, mm. or something that cannot be stopped because of a pandemic or for any other reason. And um, yeah, I've actually been really, really enjoying that. And I think that that's what a lot of young actors are doing right now. If we're not uh, putting down self-tapes every day or stuff along those lines, we're exploring outside of the arts or um, we're getting into um, science or, or for me, I'm getting really deeply into therapy and um, really focusing on my mental health. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like something that we're all learning how to do is see who we are outside of our career and outside of this craft that if we're not careful can consume 100% of our livelihood. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, I'm glad to have my soul consumed by art. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's an importance to balance and there's an importance to um, navigating all sides of who I can be. And so I'm. that's something that I've been grateful for during this time is having an opportunity to just see myself outside of Broadway and, and know that I am, uh, I, 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 knowing that there is worth in, um, focusing on other things too. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little, actually a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Let's go back to where it all began, right? So it's called, this show's called My First Show. So tell me, first show you ever saw. We'll start with you, Lashans. Um, where were you? What was it? Tell us. That would that would be for color girls who considered suicide when the mm. rainbow is enough. Mm. When I was 12 years old, my mother took me to see that with a group of her girlfriends. And um, it was very, I don't know if you've ever seen the play. It's brilliant. It's by Ntozaki Shange. And it is basically a story of a group of women who are bonding on their, on their womanhood, but bonding over the... Uh, struggles that they've had in their lives. And they're all uh, women of color. And 
it's it's told through poetry and prose. And I didn't quite understand a lot of it because it was thick with um, uh, flowery language. And and so it's really quickly a funny story is the women would, I would hear them say things like moan to themselves after a certain moment in the play. I would hear them going, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Or going, mm, or yeah, that's right. And I wasn't always clear as to what they were referring to. <laughs> so I started just throwing in my own little, mm, 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 and yeah, but in the inappropriate times. <laughs> so they started laughing all around me because they knew that's what I was doing. <laughs> they knew I was trying to just be the big girl with my mom because I was the only young girl there. Wow. And then I was just trying to be a big girl. But I remember seeing all these beautiful black women on stage and brown women on stage. And they were vibrant and gorgeous and colorful and outspoken and dancing and and just looking so uh, majestic to me that I thought, wow, I would love to be a part of this experience. Um, That was the first play. And then I saw Chicago. Um, That was my first Broadway musical. And um, that was it. That that took me over the edge. So, uh, amazing. Sal, what was yours? Um, I think my first show, was it Lion King? Was Lion King my first show? Uh, no, your first show was <laughs> Little Mermaid. No. Yeah. Okay. Show? So my memory is she's seen everything I've done except the color purple <laughs> every single show, but cause I wouldn't let her see the color purple, mm. but I think it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh my goodness, it I, was. I think it was either Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No, it was definitely Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Or I, In the Heights. Was no, it, it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It think, absolutely was because I remember being so young and watching the car fly over the audience and me being terrified because yeah. I didn't understand how theater works. So I was like, how did they get this car in the air and when is it going to fall on me? <laughs> and <laughs> so, yeah, I, it was Chitty Chitty Bang I think, it, yeah, it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and then you saw Lion King and then I think in that order. I, think I saw Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Lion, uh, King, Lion King, In the Heights, in the Heights Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. They were the roller skates. And Norm was in it. Yep, and Norm was in it. So, uh, so Chitty, that production, this was, I think it was called the Ford's Theater, right? Then, now. Yeah, back then. And that, so how old were you? I, oh goodness, like could not have been older than like four or five, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I was introduced to the theater real, real young. Um, but I think I was like four. I was really, really young. I remember, all I remember is looking at that car and it's really bright headlights and being so petrified of thinking that that car was going to follow me. I was like, why isn't anyone else freaking out? Why is everyone like laughing and you were clapping? Four. I yeah. was four. She was four. I had to think about it for a second because I was trying to remember what I was doing at the time. And I was in baby. And I remember mm. you guys went to see that mm-hmm. without me. But it was Chitty 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 Bang Bang. Oh, you went with Derek. Oh. Yeah. I and, think it was. I, I just, I don't remember. I just remember it was your first show. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, oh, I and, that and show. because your mom is an actor, what was the first show you ever saw that your mom was in? Um, I think it was Baby. It was, ba- I think it was Baby. Mm-hmm. Ain't Baby or different? Or, or no, Baby, the one with Norm again. Oh, yeah. Oh, in Jersey. Remember? Yes. At the Paper Mill Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want them to see me in a lot of the roles that I, I played in were very traumatic for a child. So yeah. they're very so adult. A, a I mean, I was doing like Dessa Rose and The Color Purple, and they were really heavy, heavy, heavy parts. 
So I would let them only see either portions of my shows or, or <laughs> I think that was, I think baby was the first one you actually saw me mm-hmm. in, but I don't think you remember it because you were so young. I was so young. I don't remember anything. But like yesterday anyway. So. <laughs> but I think the actual first show show that you saw me in was, um, it had to have been, it had to have been if then that you really got to see me. Yeah, that's true. It had to have been if then. Was cause, it if then w- or what was the one right? Um, oh, it was before if, uh, Cabin, no, Cabin in the Sky was after if then. Um, it wasn't The Wiz. Was no, the that Wiz? was it. It was The Wiz. That was the first like show show I got Ooh. to sit down and watch you through with Ashanti. Yeah. Okay. So it was in 2009 mm-hmm. uh, and she was 11. Mm-hmm. And I believe no, that I was nine. you were nine, yeah, in, nine 2009. in 2009. That's right. You were nine Bloody in 2009. So it was uh, The Wiz at the, at City Center for the part of their Encore series. Wow. And and memory, Cell, uh, what, like, what was it like to see your mom up there acting? It, I just remember seeing her in <laughs> this very large um, head wrap. It was like two feet tall, this thing. Uh, my mom looked stunning, gorgeous, beautiful, Mm -hmm. but I could not shake the fact that you kind of resembled something from Alien. (laughs) It was really big. It was huge. It was big. It was really, really big, but she looked beautiful. It was this wonderful, like blue, very, very regal. Honestly, like probably one of my mom's favorite costumes. It was very Erica Badu. It was very Erica Badu. But I just remember it looked like something out of Alien, but um, I really, really liked that production. I love The Wiz. Um, but I, of course, have a little bit of bias because my mom's in it. But um, it was it was really really well done that show. Yeah, that was Tommy Kale and and Black and Blower. It was the whole Hamilton team. Oh yeah, director, choreographer. Yeah, That's and Alex was musical director. Yeah, it was all a Hamilton team. Yeah. First show you were in, Celia. Let's start with you. Uh, first like show ever, or like show, or like Jagged. You don't have to pay to pee. Um, and I bet was it first no, the um, first show ever was probably I would consider milestone. Oh yes, when you did Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to tell this? I feel like you love this story. Oh my god, I love this story. <laughs> I'll tell the story. So um, when Celia was, I had her in a Montessori program when she was very young. Um, Montessori is a type of education for some people that don't understand. It's a school. It's, a, it's it was like a little private school that she would she went to a very small school and the and tiny tiny, tiny, tiny school. I, I mean the like classrooms were like mm. maybe six, seven kids. So anyway, um the head administrator of the school insisted that the children learn Shakespeare. They had we had to know it. And she would teach them a Shakespeare a play every year. They would do one Shakespeare play. They were I mean we're talking about pre kinder break pre K to third grade. Okay. Like these young babies, babies were reciting Shakespeare. What? It was the it was crazy. Crazy. But it was important because it was black and brown kids. It was all black That's and brown crazy. kids. And they all learned. And what she would do is she would take certain scenes. Like little medleys. Like little medleys of the scenes. And she would have the actors, the young kids like one child would be the nurse in one scene. And then in the next scene, that same child would be Juliet. That was mm. me. And that was Celia. So Celia was Juliet. She was one of the witches. And she was also 
the nurse. The nurse. Yeah. And Celia stole the show. <laughs> Celia stole the show. Every time she got on stage, the audience perked up. They were laughing hysterically. Celia, that's when I knew in that moment, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. She's screwed. naturally got this. <laughs> she was like six years old, six, seven years old, doing this Shakespeare. Then she was switched from Juliet. Then she was switched to the nurse. It was very, very, um, as a mother, I was so, I was crying the whole time. Everyone else was laughing. It was, it was her, it was literally when I saw that she had this gift to get on stage, but I've known it her whole life. I knew when she was three. Um, but it was when I really noticed that. Yeah. So that was probably her first production. And what was yours, LaShawn's? I was Lola in Damn Yankees. Oh. Amazing. Oh, cool. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. <laughs> Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. What per- that was really fun. Where? Where was this? I was in high school in Connecticut. Did you love musicals before Damn Yankees? or and, and that experience taught you that you were ripe for this career? Or, or how did you get the role? Like, what, How did that come to you? And what was that? My, my parents, um, my dad was in the military. He was Coast Guard. So we traveled quite a bit in my childhood. We lived all up and down the East and West Coast of the country because he was Coast Guard. So I never really had a settled experience until we got to high school. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, my parents separated and divorced. And my mom moved, moved us to Connecticut from Florida um, to be with my uncle. And so that's where I really was able to learn about theater. Prior to that, because we traveled so often, my mother would put me and my siblings in different art programs and cultural centers all around. So I've been dancing. My first choice was a dance. I was going to be a concert dancer yeah. um, until I discovered theater. Um, so theater didn't really come into my life until high school. Until let's say junior high school, I was in seventh grade the first time I saw a play. So yeah. that's when I really started discovering it. Um, but it had been nurtured from early, early, early on mm-hmm. through dance. First professional show, Lashans. Let's start with you. My first prof- where you mean where I got paid? You got paid. You got paid. You got <laughs> my you first dollars, and I got my there. first paycheck. It was. At, um, I was I was in college in Philadelphia, the University of the Arts in Philadelphia, University of the Arts in Philadelphia, and I was working at a local dinner theater. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget getting a paycheck. I remember uh, taking a picture of it and wanting to frame it and everything because it was my first check. And I was uh, the tornado in the whiz back then because I was dancing. <laughs> So that was my first professional job um, out of college, outside of college. And, and how and how much was that check for? Do you remember? Oh my God, it wasn't much at all. I remember putting a ring on layaway out of that check. <laughs> I remember I wanted to buy myself something to to note the occasion, and I went to the. Lo- I was in college. I had no money. I was like a starving student, yeah. and I went to like a I don't know K Jewelers or something, <laughs> and I saw a ring, and I said I have to buy something with my first paycheck from my first job. And I used my paycheck to as a down payment for the ring. And I think it was something like $35. It was no money. Yeah. There was, it was, I wasn't, it was no, I mean, if I got $50, I made a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it was just like no money. It was dinner theater. Yeah. My but first you, professional real job was in Jersey City, though. That's where I really, mm-hmm. when I was working at the Tropicana Hotel. 
That was a real check. They paid me in cash, though. Very interesting. <laughs> do you get do you, do you get dinner at the dinner theater when you work there? Yes, we got dinner, and I think that was a part of the paycheck. <laughs> but for a college student, it was amazing. So I would get I got a free meal. So yeah, it was um it was it was a meal and a paycheck, and I literally think we made thirty five dollars. It was either thirty five dollars a week or thirty five dollars a show. I don't remember. It was per show. Hopefully it was per oh show. Oh my God. Either way, it's horrific. But yes. Oh yeah. God. No, it's it's what it's what we do. It's what we do at first. And Celia, your first professional show? Uh it's this small show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> um, I star in it with uh, Elizabeth Stanley, Sean Allen Krill. I'm sure you'll meet them at some point. Um, Derek Klenna, Catherine Gallagher, Lauren Patton, and Antonio Cipriano. We're in the Broadhurst Theater. Um, I can't, really can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. It's really spectacular. It sounds so wonderful. Phenomenal. It sounds really, really, it sounds like the producers of it are pretty wonderful. They're the actually, person. I think y'all would get along very well. Uh, they're kind, open people. Uh, they answer whenever I call. <laughs> and I do call often. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a dream. <laughs> so, I, can we just stop for a minute and everyone, not like really stop the presses. I just mean Celia, LaShans, and I stop for a minute and realize that the first professional show of this person, this is the first time this has happened on this podcast, I'm telling you, where the first professional show is also this person's first Broadway show, which is also this person's first Tony nomination. It It's... it. it. I, I talk to mom about this every once in a while, just like, what, what? Cause it's, it's, it's something that like, I have stopped trying to force myself to like yeah. understand and, and just like recognize it in its fullness. Cause it's, it's a lot of milestones all happening at one time. And also yeah. in like probably the weirdest year <laughs> of my entire life. Yeah. Uh, for good and for bad, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's it it's it's really special circumstances I'm in, and the the gravity of it, um, it's not lost upon it's not lost on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I worry about is um, uh, not worry, but one of the things that I impress upon Celia, oftentimes is the um understanding that you know you got to have balance in life and this is so much happening for her yeah. at such an impressionable time in her life and you know it it's the beginning and it's a pretty hell of a springboard but this business it requires a certain level of tenacity and resilience and um the ability to understand that things can be great things can be not so great mm. you know and that there's a balance. So as a mom, my job is to make sure that she's still very balanced in life. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I never put her in this industry professionally at a young age when mm -hmm. I have had people come to me when she was much younger and they saw it and they would say, hey, you think you can get, we'd love to have a sell your audition for something. And I wanted her to have Pretty much of a childhood. I want her to be a child as long as she could. Have been a Disney kid, mom. I could have been a Disney nope, kid. Nope, could not have been a Disney <laughs> wow. kid. Not under wow. my watch. Not under my watch. <laughs> Wasn't happening. But so, so I'm happy that it happened the way it did. Quite honestly, because she's been prepped most of her life for yeah. something like this. So, so did you have any trepidations then, even at 16, 17, knowing that this was a Diane Paulus musical, a Tom Kitt musical? It, 
music by Alanis. It was obviously going to have a very intense track and it wasn't such intense subject matter. Like, did any of that either give you pause or, or make you think things differently before you, you know, helped her make this opportunity a reality? Well, before the, when, when it first started, it was, um, <clears throat> it was a conversation that I had with, with Tom that uh, put all of those fears to rest. Mm-hmm. So um, initially it was just, hey, I'm, I'm doing this workshop. I was wondering if I could have, uh, and you told me your daughter sings. You think maybe you could send me some video of her singing to see if I can have use her in this workshop. And then once he heard the voice and he saw the video that I sent him of her, and, and, I, and I, it was Tom, so I would completely trust anything yeah. with Tom. And um, then the audition process happened after that. So right. that's when she had to go in and read for the part and work with Diane. And, and, I, and I was appreciative of that too, that they didn't just give her the part. I was happy that they put her through the audition process because I wanted her to earn it. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be one of those, oh, well, she's LaShance's daughter and blah, blah, blah. You know, I know people will have their opinions. People may have those opinions, but, you know, we will go on the record stating she definitely auditioned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she definitely earned the part. Um, but um, I had confidence in 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 uh, Tom having my daughter in Tom's hands. And also then I got to speak with Diane yeah. quite a bit. And she and I had a few conversations about um Things that I would I was concerned about as a mom, and knowing that Diane is a mom as well, yeah. she would be open to those conversations. Um, yeah, it, it was it was it was a mutual. It, we we kept the communication open, and I thought that that was important, given that she was a minor, yeah, and she was being thrust into these uh, very adult situations at the time, adult for her. Yeah. Um, so, um, but everyone was sort of circled around Celia and gave her the protection, I, I want to say, for lack of a better word, and, and um support. Support of, of of what she needed. And and I was happy about that. So we're ready for dream time, guys. If you okay. could be in any show, anywhere, at any time, what would it be? Any uh, why uh I can't go first. Um any show at any time. Oh gosh. Um uh I would uh I want to be in great comment. I feel like that show uh had such a short lived time on Broadway when it really could have I truly think that, that show could have had the opportunity to go on forever. But um great comment absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um I would have to do a little bit of vocal training to get my voice up to where I, I would want it to be for Natasha but um uh yeah great comment definitely same type of production like with Josh Groban and directed by Rachel or do you have like a reimagined plan Oh gosh I have a reimagined version with all of all of my friends with Antonio and Renee and mm-hmm. Jalen and Haley and Eva and Catherine and Lauren and of course, I'd find a way to put the Jagged Little Pill cast in there. <laughs> but um, nice, yeah. I I, I have um, definitely the same theater, definitely the same um, set, definitely the same. Um, honestly, the same show. I loved the show. It was probably one of the most engaging shows I've seen on Broadway. But um, yeah, I definitely would want to be a part of that. Yeah, and you, Lashans, what's your dream world dream show? 
Oh God, I have a couple. <laughs> One would be Evita. I would love to be Eva Perone. Mm. Um, and the other is Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Yeah, I would love to be Judas. Oh, wow. Have you heard bum, the bum, 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 Indigo bum, Girls bum, bum. version of Jesus Christ Superstar? So 20 plus years ago, the actual Indigo Girls recorded a version of them, those two women being Judas and Jesus singing Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, no, I have yeah. not heard that. I'll yeah. have to look into that. Yeah, Amy and... Uh, and uh, I'm such a bad lesbian right now. Emily, Amy and Emily. <laughs> um, okay, I will look yeah. into that. Yeah, not. definitely check it out. Um, well, listen, I think knowing the trajectory you both are on and have, I think both those dreams are very possible. So that's that's exciting. I'd like to see them, if not produce them. So let's keep talking. Let's oh, keep yeah. talking. Let's have a chat. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is our surprise lightning round. And okay. it is a little bit of a free association. Uh, and it's for musical theater aficionados, which I think you both are. And I'm going to give you some help. <laughs> if you need some help, um, where I speak, I do not sing the lyric to a song, a famous Broadway musical, and you have mm-hmm. to shout out what musical it's from. Okay. Okay. Oh, geez. And because there's two of you, you're going to compete against each other. So we put 30 seconds on the clock. I speak the lyric and we see we see how you both do. And, you know. Oh, okay. Let's go for it. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm just. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Um, everyone's a winner on my first show. Um, Good. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Somebody crowd me with love. Somebody force me to care. Company. Dang it. Company. Oh, being. Oh, being. Alive. Company. Correct. Well, someone tell me, when is it my turn? Don't I get a dream for myself? Starting now, it's going to be my turn. Gyp- uh, uh, everything's coming up, bro. Uh, gypsy, is that yes. Gypsy? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know what I'm feeling. I'm more than what you've made of me. I followed the voice you gave to me, but now I've got to find my own. You should have listened. Dream girls. Yes. No, that's your that's dream, dream girls. girls. And now I gotta find. Listen, I'm sorry, but that was not in the original right. Broadway it's company not. of You're Dream right. Girls. That was movie. so. It's from the movie. It's from the movie. You're right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> sorry, you, got, you can't see it at home, folks. <laughs> but but Lashawn's got very defensive just then. <laughs> very I, defensive. No, it's right. lightning round. Lightning round. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Anything you do, let it come from you. Then it will be new. Oh, Stephen Sondheim. Um, oh God. Anything you do, then um, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Ooh, which it's a Stephen Sondheim things. show. Um, yep. uh, I know it's his lyric. Anything you do, then oh God, children. Is it into? We saw this show. I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of is it. Is it Into the Woods? No, it's not Into the Woods. Um, it's um, is it Sunday in the Park? Yes. Okay, yes. here we go. Oh, Sunday in the Park. 
There you go. You did great, guys. You guys, you did great. You got awesome. got all of awesome. them, even with a fake out of the film version only song in there. So yeah, <laughs> Eva. Yeah, that Eva. That was not. I'm taking the Broadway. Point. Yes, it was. No, <laughs> I did Dream Girls. I'm like Dream Girls. That is not from Dream Girls. <laughs> oh, I did Dream. I know me, my Dream. Girls. <laughs> I know Dream Girls. That was my first national tour. Come on, we had to throw it a little bit. Beyonce. Let's be honest. You got it. No, absolutely. Oh, no, yes. it's, it's not a day without Beyonce. <laughs> no, not in this house, at least. There has to be at least some bit of Beyonce before the day. Yeah, we are Beyonce fans. Stands. Uh, stands. Uh, we are all stands. You two are fantastic. I appreciate it so much. Celia, I'm wishing you so much love on this insane Tony campaign. Thank you. Experience. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you, friend. And LaShawns, thank you for answering Tom Kitt's call and giving us the wondrous that is your daughter and oh. my favorite human beings. My pleasure. I'm, I'm happy that this was her first project and that she's working with the likes of you. I really lucked out. And everyone else that's been so wonderful to her on this project. So congratulations to you too. And good luck. It's our pleasure. Thanks. To the song here in my, heart. my first show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash my first show. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. For my dreams to be heard, they will not be pushed aside and turned into your own. All cause you won't listen.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 